children, come unto me, says Jesus. Have you ever um, uh, been in a conversation with somebody and the, the question starts out with, with sort of what I would call a leading question? Like, you, you can sense that you're getting entrapped. You know that from the very beginning, oh, this is going to be one of those conversations. It's going to be one of those arguments. You ever get that? Yeah, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. And, and it's frustrating because you know right from the very first words that this isn't really going to be a dialogue. It's going to be a confrontation. And it's set up right from the beginning. And um, it, it's usually set up in, in, in terms of either or, black or white. It's like this or that. Which side are you on? And they tried to put you in. They very figured you in to be one side. And then they are just making sure, and then they, the hammer hits. And they say, oh, well, you're wrong, and they just berate you. It happens to me more than I'd care to admit, but because, um, Father, you said this, and then boom, boom, it hits, the hammer hits, right? But here's the interesting, we all tend to do it just a little bit. Like when we get like short and we get maybe tired, we tend to do that, especially with those closest to us, our spouse, our closest friends, even our closest work, we'll say, oh, is this you did? And then... It's kind of a trap. Well, that's what Jesus is incurring with the Pharisees today. I mean, it even says, in case we missed it, even says in the Scripture, and they said this to test him. In other words, they lay a trap for him. Is it okay to get a divorce? Because they thought it was an either or, right? They were going to get him either way. They were going to capture him. And what Jesus does is masterful. And it's, it's important for us to look at this. Because it's a great way to handle all of life, truth be told, but in particular those confrontations which are uncomfortable. What he does, he immediately reframes the conversation. He doesn't buy into the either-or, but reframes it. And then the reframing, almost always for Jesus, is in the kingdom of God. So he reframes this question about what does it look like in the kingdom of God. And so they're kind of left speechless. So in this case, let's just go through it a little bit because it's worth noting because it's sort of masterful. He talks about the divorce and he reframes it about how we were designed from the very beginning. And he says, it's, you know, he says, what did Moses tell you? He said, oh, you can write a divorce. And he says, oh, that's because you missed the design. And what was the design? It was, he, he gives us basically an anthropology lesson here, biblical anthropology, right? He, he goes and he tells us that, look, when we were created, we weren't created as individuals, we were created to be in community. Now, I mean, we all know that, but here what Jesus lays it out from the beginning, male and female, they were created, they were created right from the beginning to be in community. Now, the ideal version of that community is a family, right? Male and female in the family unit. And that's what we're set up here, is it? But here's what we're made for community is what's critical. We're, we're, and this is so offends our our American, our American mentality, because we have this rugged individualism that we have my individual rights and I can exercise my individual rights and it's about me and mine. And that may be all American, but it's just not biblical. Right? It's just not. The Bible tells us right from the beginning, first chapter of the Bible says we were born to be in community, male and female, and that that's how we were designed. We were designed to be communal animals. We need each other. It's not an optional extra. We need each other. 
And it's not just the family unit. This community is an example. We need each other. We need to be able to see each other. We need to be able to interact with each other. That's why the pandemic was so difficult for us, is because we weren't able to do that. This is natural. This is what we were designed to do, and that's what Jesus lays out clear. Look, in the end, what Jesus, when you're ever presented with an argument that is either or, just almost know that you always, it's a trap. And that almost always, it's both and. And Jesus lays it out. Look, we were designed for community. Yes, you're individuals, but we were designed in community. And yes, is there, we were all, yes, is the divorce allowed? It's, but it's not a great thing. And so he, he, he kind of lines it out and says, yes, but God's mercy is, is all. Now, here's what's the interesting part. Then you would think his disciples, his faithful disciples come along and they okay, they're going to get it. And they're numbnuts. They don't get it either. And so here they are. They're the closest to him. And he's so frustrated. And so what does he do? He takes a group of children and says, be like them. So what is it about children? Well, let's find out. Children, come on. Come on up. We're going to talk. Come on, come on, come on, come on. We're going to have a chat. Come on, come on, come on. All of you, come on. I need all your advice. Come on, come on. All the children require. You're all children. Come on. Come on, sit down here. We're going to sit for a second. I hope the camera can follow me, can it? Okay, come on, sit down. All right. All around. Not too close now. Sorry, it's the COVID rules. I don't mind them being close. All right, boys and girls. So Jesus turns around and he tells all of us adults that we're meant to be like you. Whoa, that's kind of cool, isn't it? Now, what makes you so special? What is so awesome about being a kid? You don't have to pay taxes. He got it. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. Okay, he gets an A+. Plus. That is awesome. You don't have to pay taxes. Oh, my gosh. I, couldn't I did not plant him, honestly. <laughs> what, else is, what else do you get? What else is so awesome about being a kid? Come on, be honest. You what? Everyone is amazing. Everyone what? Everyone is amazing. Everyone loves you and everyone amazing. You're right. Everyone loves children. You're right. Everyone's sort of like children are children. Everyone loves children. Everyone loves you. So how much do you earn, boys and girls? Huh? Do you earn anything? That's kind of cool. You earn no money. Ah, you bring nothing into the household. Isn't that cool? And how much do you get? Do you get nothing in return? No, you get everything. You get what? You get food. What else do you get? You get clothes and water. You get a shelter. And what else? Education. You just pretty much, you're right. You get pretty much everything. For nothing. You do nothing. <laughs> you guys have got fooled. You do, they do absolutely nothing and they get everything. That's what Jesus is saying to us. That we're called to be just like that. Because we do absolutely nothing for the kingdom of God. There's nothing we can do. We don't earn it. You don't earn your love for your mom and dad. You don't earn your education. You don't earn the bread and water. And the bread. I hope you get more than bread and water, by the way. You do, right? Okay. <laughs> They said bread and water. It was like, ooh, very biblical. Um, but you don't earn it, and yet you are given it freely. Mom and dad love you. Your brothers and sisters love you. Even your grandparents are an extra dose of big old packages of love. And they love you without any cost. 
You don't bring anything. You don't say, well, here, mom, here's my salary for today. You don't give it to your grandpa. Here, grandpa, here's my money. Will you now love me? No exchange. You get it all for free. We are meant to model that with God. We're called to be like the God because we can't earn God's love. What we're doing is we're given God's love and we cannot earn it. And we're called to do just like what you guys do. Accept it. And as you did, you raise out your hands. It's great because everybody loves us and God loves us that much. So thank you for being the example and thank you for earning nothing and taking everything because that's exactly what we're meant to do. All right, boys and girls, head on back. Quite frankly, I could have finished in the first answer. He pays no taxes. That was the best answer of all. Look, here's the part is that why does Jesus take the children to himself and do that? Because we all tend to be a bit like numb nuts and not get it. Somehow we think that we earn God's love. Let's be very clear. We can never earn God's love. God's love is always free. Just like the kids, we do nothing to get it. We get it all for free. And that's why Jesus holds it up as a, as a model. Because that's the mentality that we're meant to have. Now, as a result of that, then we ought to be like what this little girl said earlier. Be happy because we're so wonderfully loved. And out of that, we come to the table to offer thanksgiving and praise to God. To receive that love once more, again, that abundant grace which is completely unmerited and completely unearned. And so out of that, then we come to share it with others. And then we come to share it especially with those who most need it. The people who are broken and wounded. The people who are finding it hard in life. That's the communal nature of who we are. So, what does it mean for us? So, if you get into one of those leading arguments, or you, you, a leading question that leads into an argument, just know if it's an either-or, it's never going to be a good thing. It's almost always a both-and. And just enter into it as a both-and. And that when we uh, allow ourselves um, to think that it's all about us individually, remember, it's about us together. Our Catholic teaching says we do not get saved individually. We get saved communally, together. And so we do this together. And what is it we do together? We keep our hands open to say, receive God's love just like a child. We accept it completely unearned, unmerited, showered upon us. We accept it, and that will transform us so that we then can be kind, gentle, and massively loving, unmerited to those around us. And believe me, if we can all do that, this place will change us. Because every time we'll come out of here from this table, people will wonder what is it they do over there at 9 a.m. at St. Simon's. Because something wonderful is happening. That's on us. Let God's grace flow. Let it be all the way through us and in and out to the community. God's love is abundant.